New Year! Winter. Valentine. Hey, how'd you make out today? How could you do this to us after everything we've done for you? Oh, see, I made Lewis a bet here. Lewis bet me that we couldn't both get rich and put you on the poorhouse at the same time. He didn't think we could do it. I won. I lost. One dollar. Thank you, Lewis. divers welcome yet again to the deep dive podcast each episode we strive to find something anything to watch on streaming media from hulu to hbo max amazon prime to apple tv plus yes i got that out we waste way too much time to bring you the best of the rest i'm tom feeney writer for wingshot movie magazine and with me as always is my co-host the magnificent Mandivision. <laughs> I forgot we're, we're, we're subbing in uh, Mandivision for the Mandalorian because, of course, the Mandalorian is in between seasons right now. Yes, yes. Or yeah. perhaps maybe not if the Book of Boba Fett takes over for. Uh, yeah. yeah, we got to figure that whole yeah, thing they, out. They but have yeah. their own backstage stuff going on, so we don't know about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so. much to cover on that. But thank you for tuning in. We've been on a little bit of a break, a little bit of a hiatus, as it were. Um, but we're back. Not we maybe not better, yeah. but we're we're just back. Yeah, I mean, what's to be better, really? How do you improve upon perfection? Honestly, this is true. This is which question I ask myself, where I make my husband ask me, so that I can tell him. See that? There you go. That makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I like it. I like that a lot. So, yeah, <laughs> we have been on a little bit, uh, a little bit of a break. You know, a um, lot of things going on. It doesn't seem like mm. it, but there are a lot of things going on. You know, uh, everybody's got stuff happening. So, uh, you know, we decided to take a little time and reflect or eat Oreos or something like that. I don't know what the difference (laughs) is, but it's okay because as of right now, it's March. Can you believe that? That's true. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a very important month. I mean, if you think about it, we've got Passover. Yeah, we got Passover. We got St. Patrick's Day. Yep. We have daylight savings time. We're springing forward at some point. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's my wedding anniversary. So that's great. And March Madness. March Madness. Those are all in order of importance, by the way. And uh, wait. Oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, man. I'm in trouble. How many, how many years is it going to be? Like 40? Uh, I'm sorry. There's a bit of a connection issue. I didn't hear that. <laughs> I just asked how many decades have you been married to Mrs. T, who is awesome? by the way. Yes, she is. It will be, uh, if my math is correct, and why should it be, uh, it would be 18 years. Ooh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, really. Wow, you look really young, too. <laughs> I do, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And yes. he still keeps you on this podcast. Yeah, uh, that's right. I mean, I'm from Generation BC, so, I mean, that's... <laughs> but, you know. I'm still, well, uh, I'm still okay. But even better, even better, I am going to get my first dose of the COVID vaccine very soon. Ooh, you lucky, you lucky guy! You. I know. See, and and I'm not sure, you know, if I'm feeling a little Pfizer-y or I prefer a touch of Moderna. <laughs> I could even get something from those wacky brothers Johnson. I don't oh. know. But the good news is, because I have several what they call comorbidities. I qualify to get the vaccine. The bad news is I have several comorbidities. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's fun. I'm uh, kind of in that category where, um, yeah, we'll get to you at some point. Mm, yeah. yeah. If we have any leftover, if we have any extra vaccine that we're not doing anything <laughs> with, yeah, just come on in and we'll take care of it. Whatever. But, I mean, uh, to be fair, if you have to make a choice over which vaccine you get, and that's a hard decision, we're in a pretty good spot. <laughs> yeah, I'll take what I'll take whatever one that they they put in my arm. It, it doesn't matter to me. You know, I'm yeah. cool with it. I'm totally cool with it. Although, honestly, I would prefer the Brothers Johnson one because it's only one, and then you're done. So, but that's okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, I'm I feel that. Fine with it. Now, on to something 
I think we're both very, very excited about. And now it's time for the Deep Dive Podcast News Break. Ooh. Pretty cool, huh? And you know what? That, that is really good. That was really good. Do you think we should get like some sponsors in there? Sure, like, I can make some up. <laughs> oh, wait, did you mean yeah. real sponsors? <laughs> well, I mean. That's a good one. That's dreaming, I think. I know. That's dreaming and streaming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now let's talk a little bit about WandaVision, shall we? Oh, we shall. Now, this could be considered very spoilery. So please, 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 if you have not watched it, then, you know, listen and be spoiled. Um, Don't turn us off, whatever you do. But anyway, just wanted (laughs) to let you know that that we're probably going to drop some spoilage. So please be careful. Uh, If you need to move ahead, uh, please feel free to do so. Um, But that's up to you. It's your choice. All right. (laughs) So... As uh, the, the the last episode that we saw, I believe, was episode eight, uh, mm. which uh, ended on uh, a rather distressing note. Uh, not just the end of the episode, but the um, the you know uh, credit sequence where they have the little credit extra there. Yeah, uh, some very interesting things. We we got a, a lot more of uh, Wanda Maximoff's backstory, mm-hmm. which was very heartbreaking. It was. And, you know, part of the thing that it's just, it's kind of like they're, they're making a joke at themselves. I now, I, I feel with the whole accent thing, cause it keeps popping up. <laughs> like yeah. even Agnes is like, Oh, what's happened to your accent? And it's just never addressed. It's the weirdest thing, but I think they're doing it now purposely because it's been such a huge like question from fans. Like, okay, well, are we going to get any continuity here? But yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because I would have I mean, I would have thought that they like recorded all these episodes like a year or so ago uh, Mm -hmm. and been like and, and, you know, I always assumed that because she had because Wanda had been watching all those sitcoms, she subconsciously would emulate the way that like Mary Tyler Moore talked uh, and things like that. So that's where I that's where I kind of sit on that whole issue. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, the we got a little bit more of the, you know, her family situation fleshed out, and mm-hmm. probably the biggest, the biggest thing that we learned was that she did not get her powers from the Mind Stone. Right, she had them already. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, you know, they weren't exactly, uh, you know, big, largely manifest. And I think the Mind Stone awakened her potential. Right. Uh, but she had already been, uh, she had already had those powers to some degree, but what those really are, we don't quite understand yet uh, because mm-hmm. they, they are somewhat magic based. Which is interesting because I didn't think that they were going to this point in, in the early season or I should say the early episodes uh, go that far into it. But of course, this last episode started with like the Salem witch trials mm-hmm. era. And we see Agatha being sort of like scolded for, I would assume her like overzealousness of trying to get more knowledge. And, and you know, I guess in, in that regard, they wanted her to like pace herself. So the idea is that she gets too much power, too much knowledge. She's a big bad witch, whatever. But what's funny, at least to me, is that I feel like Agatha thinks that Wanda is a genuine witch like she is, right? So that right. she learned things and she went to like a magic school, to Hogwarts, whatever. <laughs> That's not <laughs> but, canon. We know that. Exactly. But what what's interesting, and I don't think Agatha's picked up on it yet, is that I, Wanda's an anomaly, right? Now, of course, we're bringing together the Marvel universe with like the Avengers and all like the current movies. And now we're getting like some X-Men vibes, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because because the, the mutants, they didn't go to witch school, presumably, right? right? But they have powers intrinsically. And if this is what the show is or suggesting for Wanda, that could kind of make sense when they had um, the guy who plays her brother, but also not, not her yeah. brother. Yeah, come into the series. Now, I know that they explain that, or Ag- Agatha explains it in this episode in particular, but... I was kind of thinking the whole time, like, there's a reason why they haven't got the original actor to play him. And it's probably not because he didn't want to do it. It's probably because they want some sort of, like, a tangible tie 
to the rest of well the marvel universe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right because what what else is you know what i mean like what is their other bigger franchise other than the mutants right the x-men you know but it's funny but yeah i go ahead go ahead Whoop. No, no. Go ahead. i was saying uh you know you mentioned uh you uh, you mentioned Harry Potter a little bit there, uh, the Harry Potterverse, which actually made me uh, this episode made me think about that because if Wanda is a natural witch and did not have to learn uh, how to use magic, you know, like Agatha did, but instead uses it instinctively, that actually kind of mm-hmm. ties in a little bit if you think about it to the whole you know uh, wizard muggle thing, whereas you oh, have. Yeah. You have basically, you know, uh, those people that are predisposed to be able to use magic, uh, mm-hmm. whereas other others cannot. So I think that's um, that's kind of what we're seeing with Wanda is that she was born a she may be a mutant, but a mutant that is able to naturally tap into magic. Um, and that's kind of where my my thought process is. And, and I think that's great for, for, for Marvel, right, because they tote that line between the the idea that hey it's reality some people are born with magic powers and super abilities and some people are not and i think it took jk rowling to really bring that to the forefront so yeah credit to even though she's a bit crazy right now but credit to her <laughs> yeah. for for towing that um you know but it's yes i i got like such a witchy hocus pocus you know vibe from this episode and i wasn't expecting it which it flipped it it flipped it for me um, and I actually quite like that. This is one of the best episodes uh, in the whole series, actually, because of course we do get that that little post credit scene, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, where <laughs> sword, I, I just love the sword and shield play thing. I yeah. just can't get over it. But um, um, they basically three D printed their own vision, and he's blue, and or he's like he's he's like no color at all. He's pale, just like a three D print of something. Right. Right. And it, it just makes you wonder, like, one, how is this possible if Vision was just a manifestation of basically Jarvis, right? And then two, like, how? And I don't get it. Is Vision, like, alive in the TV series? Or is he a manifestation of Wanda's crazy psycho episode? It might be a little bit of both. Because one of the things I noticed uh, when I rewatched the episode is that when uh, Wanda sort of creates vision right uh yep. the energy that comes from her to create him is not the typical red colored you know uh, energy that she usually manifests That's it true. was gold so it means yes. that that came from the part of the mindstone that was still with her right uh, so that it is possible that because she is able to tap into the mindstone that is part of her that she could that that would gives her the ability to create vision. I mean, there are yeah. lots of theories out there that the that the uh, that Wanda's version of the vision and the um, what they you know the 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 other one that was recreated uh, are going to merge at some point uh, mm. to sort of because you've got his mind that's still a part of her and the vision's body which is outside uh, of the hex and have the two of them kind of merge together. That would seem to be the best possible ending for for this. But what's interesting is is that the whole idea of having that other vision um, is actually part of the the comics lore. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a there was a storyline where the vision had been taken apart and put back together again. And when they did that, he was no longer the normal coloration, but he was like ghostly white uh, and had no emotions at all. And so he was, they, they have referred to him as white vision. Um, right. And which oddly enough is also the theme of uh, this week's CPAC conference. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we're, we're not going to talk about that, but uh, that's, you know, that's kind of uh, what they did in the comics, but it's kind of cool to see them bring that sort of bring that to life in the show. Cause it's a, it's an interesting little callback. Yeah, and I, I interestingly, though, when she like sort of, well, I guess when Vision became Vision in her little Westview area, he has no knowledge of anything that happened basically up until he died, mm-hmm. right? And so like none of that is in his memory, and so he's happened to talk to Darcy about it, and it's just kind of weird. Like I wonder how much of him will actually be in 
if we'll ever find out how much of him is the, the original vision, as it were. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he may, it may almost be like he, he does come back, but he comes back as, uh, you know, almost a blank slate and yep. doesn't remember anything and has to relearn everything all over again. And that's going to be almost, if not more heartbreaking for Wanda. Uh, if, if he doesn't remember their relationship, that would kind of stink, but right. You know, who knows what they've got in mind. And I'm, I can't wait to find out because I have been really, really enjoying the show. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, I'm excited to see how it's going to end because like, I, I feel like Agatha is just super jealous. <laughs> Ultimately she wants her power and she, that's why she keeps asking to explain, how did you do this? How did you do this? Um, and so at some point, which obviously she's like a, the main villain here, but I also think there's some people in sword that are probably pulling some strings that we haven't found out about yet. Yeah. And, and so, even more who, uh, it does is, is, is Agatha working for somebody? Who knows? Exactly. And are her kids actually real? Like, I, I want to know that. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so either. It certainly wouldn't be canon. But uh, I would like to figure out how they're going to explain that if they are not, and then have Vision as, as something in between. You know, we'll, we'll just have to see. We'll have to see. I'm but excited. It has been renewed. Exactly. It has been renewed for a second and a third season. Which is awesome. But here's the other thing, too, that I find kind of uh, interesting. There is a rumor that um, that uh, the character, uh, the Scarlet Witch, is going to be in the uh, that uh, the new Spider-Man movie as well. Oh, yeah. I did hear about that. Which, because uh, Doctor Strange is going to be in it, that's definite. Uh, and yep. he's going to be sort of like take over as the mentor for uh, Peter Parker uh, that after Tony Stark, you know. Uh, so that's going to be very cool to see and also lead into the, what they're shooting right now. They're shooting the next Dr. Strange movie as we speak. And that's going to be pretty amazing. Yep. Yes. It's supposed to be a straight up horror movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Ooh. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. So that does it for the deep dive podcast news break. Sponsored by the new Loki trailer that just dropped yesterday. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I am so excited. And I can't wait for them to explain what happened when he picked up that Tesseract. I know. And, and yeah. Owen Wilson. I can't wait to see Owen Wilson in this. I know. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Pretty amazing. I hope, I hope that he brings like a somewhat funny, but also kind of a serious, like this. these aren't comedy things, man. This is some serious stuff. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be interesting because apparently there's like, uh, he uh, Owen Wilson plays part of a organization that is uh, there to protect the timeline that Loki is messing with. Um, it's well, called the TVA yeah. or something, Time Variance Authority. That's what they're doing. Yeah, but he's also playing someone called uh, Mobius M. Mobius. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if this is like some sort of like throwback or hint at him being Michael Morbius, as in like the vampire. I don't know. They've got know. that movie coming out sometime. I think at that the end of the true. year. That is true. Yeah. So I don't know. Eh. All yeah. these, all these little irons in the fire. It's going to be see how it all pans out because this is going to be the year of Marvel because they had to hold back uh, Black Widow. Yeah. They've got the Eternals yeah. uh, coming out, and it's going to be uh, Shang Chi, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, and the Legend Man. of the Ten Rings, we'll see that. That's going to be fun. So it's a Disney lot going on. Disney is just raking in the money. Oh, yeah. But, hey, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm happy about it. Speaking of money, speaking of raking in the money, let's talk about mm. our topic this week. So unless you've been living under the proverbial rock for the last month or so, you've no doubt heard of all the shenanigans and goings on with this whole Game stonk, as they're calling it, this whole Reddit, Robin Hood, stock market fiasco, <laughs> fiasco kind of uh -huh. thing with Elon Musk weighing in. And come on, shut up, Elon. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to hear about that. Just make your cars. So now for me personally, as far as stock markets go, I only invest in uh, soybean futures and cricket farmers. It's a protein of the future. Don't forget that. <laughs> oh. So I will attempt, mind you, attempt to explain this whole thing without making everybody, everybody's brain melt. Right, so it has to do with something called short selling. Now, usually, investors in the stock market want to buy low and sell high 
to make a profit. Short mm -hmm. sellers do the opposite. They only borrow stock. They sell it and then buy it back to return it to the person they borrowed it from. Now, short sellers are betting that the stock they sell will drop in price so they can pocket the difference. So the worse mm -hmm. the stock does, the more money they get to keep. Now, it's perfectly legal, but it's kind of scummy. because Yeah, because these short sellers want the stock to fall, So, which is kind of crappy because you don't want businesses to fall. You, you want businesses to do well. Now, apparently this whole rigged game uh, got caught the attention of some users on Reddit, and they didn't like that. Uh, and so they wanted to help some companies that had been hit hard by the coronavirus pandemic, such as GameStop. Now, what did these Redditors do? They went onto this investing app called Robinhood and bought a ton of stock in GameStop, raising the price of a share uh, very quickly from about $43 to up to $380. So the short sellers lost a ton of money and a lot of Redditors made a lot of money and Wall Street lost its collective minds. So, <laughs> now, if you're invested in this story in any way, get it, invested, see what, see what I thank, thank you. Uh, you either take the position that the system was unfairly manipulated by those meddling kids or you feel like these short sellers got exactly what they deserved. Either way, it has wreaked havoc in the world of finance. So that takes us to our topic. And that is movies that deal with the world of money and finance. Nice. How was that for a very brief intro? It was not brief. That's very good. Thank you. Very, I very appreciate good. that. And hopefully, you know, we don't have people turning off their uh, podcast apps left and right for this. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Would, uh, do you have uh, Do you have something for us? I do. Why don't you go first and I'll take the middle. I will do this. Always oh, the safest place to be. Uh, well, that's true. Unless you're, you know, in an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I hate sitting in the middle seat. It's the worst. Yeah, me too. Oof. Give me an aisle. Give me a window. I don't care. But middle, no thanks. Now, my first pick. Movie studios can sometimes go to great lengths to market their films. Everything from Happy Meals to viral videos are used to generate awareness of an upcoming movie release. So why not just get back to basics and give away hold cold hard cash? While you're at it, why not make that giveaway part of the movie itself? And that brings us to my first pick, Million Dollar Mystery. How would you like four million bucks? Four million dollars. Yeah, four million dollars. Yeah, all ears. There's four million hidden in four different places. A million in each place. Federal agents, free. A madcap race to riches. They must be crazy. Sure, they're my folks. Million Dollar Mystery. Five, six, seven, eight. They're all after a fortune. And nothing is going to stand in their way. You're under arrest! They're going after the money! There are millions hidden somewhere nearby. Okay, nobody move. And these wild and crazy people will do almost anything to find it. Fred. Fred. <laughs> the money is secure! <laughs> The most rewarding movie ever made, Million Dollar Mystery. So there's still three million left. It's got to be somewhere. How many lottery tickets I would buy? You will find high-speed chases, wild excitement, mysterious clues. That way. Hold up. Adventure that falls from the sky. It's more than a movie. Million Dollar Mystery. Ooh. So a 1987 million dollar mystery was released as both a movie and a sweepstakes. The plot is essentially a reworking of the classic 1963 comedy. It's a mad, 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 mad world where uh, a wacky group of individuals racing against and fighting with each other in order to find a hidden fortune. Now, a million dollar mystery, a group of diners at a remote Arizona rest stop witness one of the patrons collapse now, as they move to help the man, he reveals that there is $4 million hidden in four 
different locations with one million in each different place. Before the man dies, he reveals that all four stashes are hidden in bridges. And that's where the chase begins. Supposedly, the comedy begins as well. But anyway, <laughs> not much comedy. This movie falls into the category of more is better. So where the goal is to make a movie so loud and obnoxious, you don't notice how bad it really is. Yes, I'm talking about 1941 by Steven Spielberg. Sorry. Uh, yeah, although I love it, it's loud and obnoxious. But <laughs> due to this film's very, 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 very low budget and no-name stars and lack of any coherent script of any kind, it can't even reach the lowest of the low bars. But... Since the odds are that you'll never see this movie, I'm going to spoil the fact that three out of the four hidden locations are found, okay? But what about the fourth location? What about the last $1 million? Well, that was up to the audience to find. In a weird, out-of-nowhere twist, one of the characters breaks the fourth wall and speaks directly to the audience. You believe those idiots? Freddie, you think of what I'm thinking? I don't know, Bob. Were you thinking about a chili dog? No, that's not what I'm thinking. What I'm thinking is that Fred and I are never going to find that million dollars now. Neither that bunch of freelance lunatics chasing the boat. As a matter of fact, now the only one who can find the money is you. You see, we've been stumbling over clues ever since we found old Sydney lying on the floor of the diner. We didn't even realize it a million dollars out there just waiting for you to claim and all you have to do to claim it is to figure out Preston's little puzzle that's ah, easy as pie easier than falling off a log shooting fish in a barrel easier than shooting fish in a barrel scraping muck off a bunch of scraping muck off a muck sticking the hairballs to a porcupine Fred, that's really not appropriate pulling beans out of your belly button Fred! essentially the entire film was a setup for this sweepstakes. One audience member who figured out where the last million dollars was hidden would be the winner. Pretty interesting. So basically, you watch the movie, then at the end they say, hey, there's one million dollars left. Can you find it? <laughs> and then, of course, the sweepstakes officially begins. Now, uh, it's honestly, it's kind of a lame excuse to, to make a movie and get people to watch it so they can win money. I don't know. But it <laughs> honestly, it was it was bad movie and nobody went to see it. So there you go. It, now it didn't really work. <laughs> it, no, it actually it didn't really work. In fact, uh well, there was a winner. And uh so who won? Who won the million dollars? It was actually uh, a girl named Lisa Jones of Bakersfield, California. She was then at the time she was only fifteen years old. Um but her name was drawn from 350 correct entries. So 350 people actually got the answer right. Uh, but she got picked. So where was the money hidden? Well, as I said, uh, it was revealed that all the, all the stashes were in bridges, right? So the answer to the last million, it was in the bridge of the Statue of Liberty's nose. There you go. That's that was it. That was the answer. The bridge of the Statue of Liberty's nose. Ha ha. Give me my million. So how yeah. how did she get that? I don't know, but she and 349 other people did get it. So there, there you have it. There you have mm. it. Now, a well, total, okay. Yeah. So a total of about 356,000 people submitted entries. Now, despite that, the movie did actually just bomb completely. It actually made less than a million dollars at the box office. So Lisa Jones of Bakersfield, California, made more money than the movie did. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's sad. At least they followed through, though. They did. They did follow through. I think they didn't have much of a choice. If they had a choice, they probably would not have. But they, you know, they, they kind of were under legal obligations to do so. But as a, a entire movie built around an actual sweepstakes, it really is kind of a unique, uh, a unique footnote in Hollywood history. I don't think it's ever been done again to try to just sort of create, you know, instead of just going to McDonald's and getting a Monopoly cup and, you know, peeling the thing off, you had to go watch a bad movie in order to try to figure out how to win a million dollars. So I don't know. I don't know if it was actually worth it or not. But in any event, that is 
billion dollar mystery. Now, the scores. Internet Movie Database, it gets a paltry 5.2 out of 10. And on Rotten Tomatoes, Zeto. Goose eggs, nada, nothing. It is also not available to rent anywhere, but you can find it in its entirety for the low, low price of free on Vimeo. If you've heard me talk about that once or twice before, Vimeo actually has the whole thing. So why would anyone watch it? I don't know. The million dollars is gone already, but I did. So why not share my misery with the rest of the world? (laughs) I did. So now you have to too. Exactly. So there you go. Million dollar mystery, a very, very weird movie made for a very, very weird reason. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. My pick is a little bit more recent and it's a little bit more funny. I chose a comedy film because, of course, while researching, there are a ton of movies where the money is the subplot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Action movies, drama movies, foreign movies. But you know what? I figured, let's go with something funny because we need funny during these times. What's interesting about this film is, in particular, uh, you ever like just wonder to yourself, like, where does money go when it's no longer, quote, usable? Right. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I tore that five dollar bill and now Abraham Lincoln has got a sad face, but I can't use him because while some places will accept broken money, if you just tape together, most places actually have the right to say, nope, we don't want that because uh. broken currency is not valued anything. Right. So picky. Well, it, they think they are, you know. So what it actually what actually happens with a lot of our money, uh, well, anybody's money, really, is it's broken down. Right. And it's turned into one of three things. Either it's turned into some sort of fuel, believe it or not. Uh, it's turned into different types of paper, because, of course, it is made from paper, uh, cotton mostly. Mm. Or it's turned into something called commodity money. Now, commodity money is basically uh, something of value which has a uh, corresponding value in money. So, for example, think of uh, gold coins that you can buy at like a sports game that say they're worth a dollar or they've got the president on them or, you know, um, even things like maize or beaver pelts and wampum back in the really old days uh, of first colonials Hmm. where they would trade these things that had actual value and there was a backing. Typically it was something like gold back then, Um, but they weren't uh, physically that thing. They're representative, right? Um, Nowadays in the, States, we kind of do that now because every piece of money that's floating around there has to have a corresponding bit of gold, I would imagine, in Fort Knox, mm-hmm. which is our gold repository, the biggest place in the world um, for that. Uh, but funnily enough, this movie, which I absolutely love, uh, came out in 2008, American comedy crime film called Mad Money. Nobody has ever beaten a system in like 100 years. What are you, some kind of like super genius? On January 18th. This money is going to be shredded. So what do we do? We take some, we spend it. Think green. It's like recycling. Works for me. This thing goes bad. I will kill you. You scared of me? Yeah. Taking it was easy. I bet Victoria never had this particular secret. (laughs) But getting away with it will be harder than they ever imagined. He does like you, doesn't he? Oh, no. Uh Uh-uh. Do you know what it is when somebody trades sex for money? Advertising. Keep the change. From the creator of Thelma and Louise. Don't spend the money. Diane Keaton, Queen Latifah, Katie Holmes. You're spending the money. Nothing good. No, wait! Mad Money. This is crazy. Honey, you know what? You gotta lighten up. Or I'm gonna have to have you asked. When did you even start talking like that? In theaters January 18th. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it stars Diane Keaton. It's got Queen Latifah in it. Oh, Ted Danson, who I absolutely love. And I personally am one of these people who think Ted Danson is a, he is a fox, even with that, like, stone-cold white hair of his. And he's very good in, in the show Mr. Mayor, by the way. Oh, isn't he? Oh, I love that. I mean, I love The Good Place, too. And I was really sad mm-hmm. that we were yep, going to yep. lose Michael. But basically, it just kind of transforms into the mayor. I love it. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but this movie is basically it asks the question of like where does that money go and if it goes somewhere and it it, why shouldn't it be repurposed and given to other people right or why can't it keep going what happens with it 
So there, the plot of this is that there are three women who work inside of a uh, money-destroying plant. One of them, Diane Keaton, she is a very, well, she used to be a very wealthy woman. And due to some shenanigans with taxes and whatnot and bad business deals, she has no money. So she's forced to get a job for like the first time ever in her life. So she kind of thinks it's a little bit below her, right? Then you have Queen Latifah, who is playing the trope of single mother, needs a job to feed her children, you know, whatever. You've got Katie Holmes, who is kind of a trippy, hippy-dippy kind of person and who happens to be just listening to her headphones all day. And she's one of those weird people that dances in the corner and nobody really pays attention to her. But it actually works out in the end for them. So they work at this plant, and it comes to to Diane Keaton, uh, or Bridget. Uh, why am I, what am I doing with these stacks of money? They're just getting destroyed. And if the money's already accounted for, and it's already on the, on the shred list, Who's going to know if I slip in, you know, a few hundred dollars here and there? Ah. Now, you would think this this is not possible, right? With Even back in the early 2000s, there must have been some sort of security deal. But they find really clever ways of taking this money, of hiding their trails. And the fun part comes in uh, when they have all this money, but they can't spend it. That's the kind of the loophole. Yeah. They have all this money, but it's still tracked to some degree, right? Because every piece of American money has some sort of identifying number on it, whatever, whatever. So yeah, sure, it was on the shred list. How come it shows up in you know Walmart six months later as being used as currency? So <laughs> they end up like with tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. And then finally, by the end, uh, they're caught, or so you think. And it turns out they have to do this like uh, <laughs> funny way of telling the truth while not telling the truth in order to get out of it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so basically, that's the end of it. It's just like it's like a, this girls' gang getting together and like stealing money. You know, who? <laughs> no big deal, right? It's living the but dream. It's living the dream. But it, essentially, it's just a funny movie about um. <laughs> about the silliness and sometimes sometimes just ridiculousness of the American money or monetary system. Like, you ever go to, like, some, I don't even know, museum, and they have pens there filled with, like, shreds of actual oh, yeah. money? Yep, yep. You know, and they say, oh, this has, got, this has got such and such money in it or whatever. And you buy that thinking, like, cool, the money in here has no value, but I've just paid $6 for this pen. <laughs> so... Despite it not meaning anything, money is still being made off of this. So it's yeah. kind of a, kind of a loop and kind of a scam thing. But in any case, um, I love this movie, and I'm not gonna lie, many people didn't feel the same way. So <laughs> IMDb gives it a 5.9, right? Yeah. Which is like at uh, yeah. Metascore, Metacritic gives it a 41, but Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 22 percent. Ouch. Yeah. Oh, and so fun fact, did you know that if you were to take a, let's say a $1 bill, or actually in England, it would be like a five pound bill and rip it up. It's actually a crime. You can't destroy any piece of money with the queen's image on it. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would never do it because I don't want to risk the popo coming after me. Well, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. But anyways, um, so what's great about this too is that right now Amazon and stars, they all have these like deals where it's in between a lot of the major things, like a lot of the major seasons are kind of ending now and they're in their mid-season breaks. So now's a really great time to go ahead and pick up these deals of like six ninety nine to join Hulu and stars together or whatever the case may be. Um, but you can watch this movie currently right now on Hulu. It's uh, free on YouTube, believe nice. it or not. YouTube has a movie channel where they, of course, have ads, but they have actual movies that are, that are allowed to be shown on YouTube for free. Uh, you can find it on Hoopla, Tubi's on there. Oh, and the Roku channel, which I never really paid attention to, mm -hmm. but apparently they've got some good stuff. Or, you know, you could rent it or buy it, but I figure if you've got all these sort of three avenues you might want to just go that way nice cool <laughs> but yeah i love that movie it's hilarious excellent very good Hello. all right so my turn <laughs> now if you're like me and go get some therapy if you are you've asked yourself why aren't there more movies with talking horses that dispense financial advice eh, right am i right 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Because as far as I know, there is only one. And that's my second pick for today. Hot to trot. Freddy, you can't be a broker. I got a big deal cooking right now on the burner. Who in the right mind would give you their money? Fred Cheney's going through hard times. Get him out of here, Osborne. I don't care what it takes. But he's about to get some badly needed help. Fred, we've got to talk. Straight from the horse's mouth. Ah, jeez, don't scream like that. Bob Goldwaite. Honestly, he really does talk. Hi, Allison. It's a pleasure to meet you. And the ultimate party animal, Don. Oops, don't fail me now. In Hot to Trot. Now, this movie stars Bob or Bobcat uh-huh. Goldthwaite. Uh, at the time, <laughs> yeah, at the time, he was best known for a unique type of spastic, twitchy stand-up comedy. Yeah. Uh, now, in the 80s, many stand-up comedians were pushing the boundaries of what was, you know, acceptable during stand-up. Comedians like uh, Goldthwait and Andrew Dice Clay and Sam Kinison were part of this new kind of outlaw comedy. So naturally, mm-hmm. some studio executive thought, hey, this is a good idea to put him in a movie because this worked out so well with stellar, top-of-the-line comedians like Carrot Top, Dane Cook, and <laughs> David Spade. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> But we're galloping away from ourselves here. Now, in Hot to Trot, Goldthwaite plays Fred, who, shockingly, is a spastic loser. Fred inherits this buck-toothed horse named Don. A talking horse, of course. Uh, of course. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he also gets half of a stock brokerage. You know, like you do. Now, Fred's mean stepfather wants to buy Fred's half of the brokerage, but Fred says no. He begins working at the brokerage, pretty much making a huge mess out of things. <laughs> That's when Don, the horse, overhears a stock tip. Then Don, the horse, calls <laughs> up Fred and tells him about it. Fred becomes rich. Then Don, the horse, becomes Fred's roommate. You can practically smell the comedy. Or it just might be the horse manure. I don't know. Now, of course, many shenanigans ensue, including both Fred and Don, the horse, falling in love. Not with each other. That's not that kind of movie. But, you know, with other uh, horses. Yeah. Either way, this is 80s movie making at its most artless. (laughs) It's not that it's unfunny completely it has its moments and having comedy legend john candy as the voice of don the horse helps a lot okay but it's like someone filled out a mad libs and made a movie out of it you know it's like oh Mm. first a horse is a stock bro you know it just it just goes from there uh now i actually had the misfortune of seeing this in the theater when it came out and honestly, it caused me to develop a bad case of equinophobia that persists to <laughs> this day. No way. Are you serious? No. Oh, okay. Wait, just th- okay, ask me that question, question really? Like, Am I serious? Man? <laughs> I does, does John Candy as the horse like physically talk or is it like a mental thing? No, no. He's talking. He's a talking horse. He talks like oh, Mr. Ed. Wow. Oh, God, Mr. Ed. Okay. It's a talking horse. That talks like John Candy. That's real. The horse is actually the funniest thing in the movie. Thank God. Uh, but other than that, it's it's painful. It's kind of painful. But you know, it is it is interesting in the in the in the fact that it is you know the kind of movie that it is and what it represents and the time it was made and all that sort of thing. So for that reason alone, it's it's a kind of an interesting sort of time capsule of, of horribleness. But eh, but I digress. Now for the scores, hot to trot. Gets a paltry 4.5 out of 10 on the Internet Movie Database. And once again, big old horse hockey, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, That Uh, 4.2 is quite generous. I can't lie. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you would like to rent this steaming pile, it is available uh, for the fine, fine sum of $2.99 on iTunes and Google play so there you have it hot to trot which was not 
hot to try. <laughs> it was not hot. <laughs> it was not in any way hot. No, no, no. Okay. Now, uh, yeah, I have some, I do have some honorable mentions just to, Oh yeah. You know, go right ahead. Uh, just a few, because, you know, we're talking about money and I think some people were probably expecting us to go a certain route with this. Uh, but once again, you've got movies like wall street, yeah, uh, you've yeah. got Wolf of Wall Street, Leonardo DiCaprio, and yep. probably one of my favorite favorite comedies of all time, which also happens to be about finances, Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd oh, and Murphy. And that was our intro today. Exactly. So I, I had to kind of throw that in there. Uh, it's, just, it's such a great movie uh, and just so much fun. And a movie you would never be able to make today. <laughs> oh, no. They're like mega racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but it is, but, you know, it's so funny. It really is good. If you haven't seen it, please do yourself a favor and go check out uh, at the very least, training places. So that's a good one. I mean, speaking of any movie, racist movies, Coming to America 2 is coming soon. Yes. And it's weird because it's it's actually, you know, it's I, it, it's weird when you talk about it because it's coming to the number two America. But two. if you say it, it sounds like you're just saying coming to America. But it's not because it's coming to America and... Now there's I think a you're confusing yourself. There's a temporal paradox and we can't escape. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So th thank you to all of the Redditors who inspired this podcast today. We really appreciated it. <laughs> we do. We do. We, we enjoy your uh, societal disruptions. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And it and it really does bring to light the, 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 the sheer inequities of the way the game is played in the stock market. Yeah. All right, I think I think that will do it for this episode. Uh, I think so. Next dive, we're going to do another episode of the Deep Dive Microcast, and that is going to be about what used to be the big bad behemoth of video rental stores. Now it's almost as extinct as the format that made it popular. So we will Blockbuster? be yes, we will be kind and Ooh. rewind for a brief history of Blockbuster Video, and that's next week. On the I still remember the days of having to get my Netflix DVDs in the mail. <sighs> oh my goodness. I know. Gasp. It would take a week to get like two movies. You could still do that, I think. Uh, I think Why? they still have that service because uh, that is the only way you can get new releases through Netflix. Because Netflix really doesn't do new releases of studio oh. products. They do their own stuff, but uh, not on the actual streaming. If you want to get the latest... Uh, the latest releases from, you know, like the studios and stuff, you have to still go through their mail, their mail order service. I had no idea they still had that. I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, as a matter oh. of fact, I have uh, one of my, one of my uh, quote unquote older relatives still does this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yes. I remember that in the old days of dial up. Never mind. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, what if people want to get in touch with us? What can they do? They can Netflix us. No, they can't. Sorry. I, I was, Did never you mind, get never a sponsor mind. I didn't know about? <laughs> Not yet, but I'm working hard on it. And by hardly working, working hard, I mean hardly working. Okay, no, they can go to our website, which is the deepdivepodcast.com, where they will find links to our email, to our social media platforms, and all of our old episodes. So mm -hmm. if you ever wanted to get, you know, just, crazy on the podcast and maybe do some laundry or something why don't you put us on in the background because we're fun we were fun in other episodes too and not just this one and i know that we set the bar pretty high this week that but is true check <laughs> check out our older episodes we've got a bunch of them including things that we call our special horror months where we go all out on the halloween themed stuff which is all it's pretty much our favorite time of the year so we put oh, extra easy. effort i mean easy, at least some yes. effort into it Yes, but yeah, a little effort, more than the usual amount of effort, <laughs> I think. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know. And also, you know what you can find there, our merch store. Funnily enough, we typically have a sort of limited edition run of things. I mean, we had a Christmas one, we had a Halloween one. We might even do like a Columbus Day one. Is Maybe. I was, kosher? was going to do an Easter one, but it turned out really blasphemous, so we decided not to. Yeah, we don't want to get sued before we have the money to pay the lawsuit. Yeah, basically, true. Uh, yeah, but we also, if you're new to this, uh, and if you are, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Mm -hmm. We do contests, 
And we did have a pretty big contest recently where someone won a huge care package from us. Um, you know, T-shirts from our merch store. They got to pick which one they wanted and the magnets and stickers and pins yep, and buttons yep. and everything that we have. And we are still negotiating for uh, the winner to make a, an appearance on our show, but there's lots of legal issues and restraining orders uh, and things like yeah. that to sort of get through a lot of red tape. And I don't mean that uh, figuratively. I mean, there's actually a lot of red tape for some reason. I don't get it. But once that's done, then we will have our winner uh, on the show. That's going to be so cool. And if so. you want to be part of something like that, we'll stay tuned because I'm sure we're going to announce something sooner than later. Yes. Uh, you know, I think uh, it will probably uh, have something to do, uh, you know, with a post-coronavirus spectacular uh, mm. which I would like to have, you know. Which we like will to... deliver to you mm. in person wearing bunny costumes. Wait, or... I didn't. No, I, Never I, mind. I, I couldn't. Never mind. I, I couldn't. I tried the bunny costume and it smelled bad. Ooh. I think somebody died in it. And I don't mean, and I don't mean eggs. Was it your childhood? Died their eggs. Uh, no, 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 no. That's long gone. <sighs> that has decomposed and turned to dust. Oh, well, as you can see, we're lots of fun. So tune in to more. We're always going to have more. Our microcaster, just a kind of quick taste, and they come every other week. Mm -hmm. And we do our regular show, which is usually a little bit longer, uh, the opposite week. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. All right, so I hope you enjoyed this particular episode. Please, once again, uh, subscribe if you like what you hear. If you don't like what you hear, that's fine, too. You know, we don't hold a grudge for long, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you could subscribe to make us feel better. That's actually it. We do take pity subscriptions. <laughs> and you can also rate us on iTunes, where once you do that and you give us a good old five-star rating, we can reach more people. Exactly. Exactly. And having said that, for Mandivision and myself, Tom Feeney, stay safe, wear a mask, Get vaccinated when you can. And please, please, please stop eating licorice. It's gross. It is really gross, you guys. Know, right? Ugh. <laughs> All right. Bye for now. Bye. All clips used in the Deep Dive podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive main theme was composed and performed by Ryan Blaney and produced by EchoCraft. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios.